Na 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 Hey you, hello there Every person everywhere Why hello again, once again everybody My name is Lynn, I am your host For every person everywhere And this is stuff that you can relate to Hopefully So, I'm not even going to try and lie or hide the fact that I got very deep with y'all in the last couple episodes. And I did that by design because this really is where I was traveling more to experience the world through a different palette, a different set of eyes, if that makes sense. This was where I was trying to be me and develop me and learn about who I meant to be as a person in this world and that kind of stuff. And so I started paying more and more attention to my surroundings in general at at this time. I learned in Spain that sometimes you need to just accept some help from others. And sometimes they really just want you to let go and relax and have a good time. And when I got to the airport in Seville, I actually got there an hour and a half ahead of time, or behind time, I should say. So I read the clock on my ticket, and it said my flight was boarding at 2040. And my American brain, still not the most used to reading um, 24-hour clock times at this point in time, thought that 2040 meant 1040 at night. Well, obviously, no. It's 8.40 at night. And it was about 7.55 when I got to the airport. So the person who clocked me in said, I don't know if you checked your time for boarding, but I suggest that you run. And I looked at the ticket and realized that, yeah, I needed to be on the flight two hours sooner than I had thought I needed to be. So I sprinted through security. I was a pro at it at this point in time. This was like the 14th, 15th security check I've done in my life. So I I was quite accustomed, you know. But still, the shock, the awe, the panic, the horror. I was running to the landing zone. And needless to say, they were halfway done boarding the plane when I rocked up. I was very, very lucky. Especially because I was one of the earlier ones meant to be seated on the plane. And here I was kind of just now showing up. So, yeah, lesson learned that day. Um, that, you know, you, um, you you always triple check the time on your ticket and you don't faff about. So when I went to Portugal, I had it in my mind. I had it made up in my mind that I was going to just try and unwind and enjoy the present moment, whatever that entailed. I was only there for two days, so I needed to make the most of it. I came in one night, I had a very full day, and then I had another half of a day, and then that evening I was on a plane back to London. I would arrive home from my travels around 11.30 at night from Portugal and miss the exact last train out back to my house. So, of course, I was fuming, I was pissed, because then I had to take an unaccounted-for, very expensive Uber around midnight to get back to my house by 1 o'clock. The guy understood. He was very humble, very down-to-earth. We had a very, very good conversation about life and how he hated being in the city, but 
it was best for his family that was back home. And I think that they were Ethiopian immigrants, if I'm not mistaken. Either that or it was the one other guy that I talked to that was from Eastern Europe and, you know, had a very similar situation, lots of poverty over there to this day. And we had a very good, like, 50-minute conversation all the way back to my house because I missed the last possible train to get home. So that was cool. I, I loved that. But now let's talk about what I did and how I experienced Portugal. So Manuel and Money had taught me to just let go and try not to stress yourself out, especially when you're on vacation trying to enjoy yourself. You know, there were very many lonely nights because I just didn't know how to let go and enjoy myself at that point in time. So I had to learn how to do it again. Well, that brings us to getting to Portugal. I arrive in Belém, which is uh, a district near Chechondra, which is where my hostel was at. I arrive late one night. I'm actually communicating on the phone with the guy before I get on my plane, telling him that I'll be there at like two. And he says, hey, I usually work 14 hour shifts. I normally oversee every management aspect of the hostel. And he was like a very laid back, half Italian, half Portuguese dude, probably in his mid forties. And he lived life like he was still in his mid twenties. Like he just loved life. He was always there helping us out and partying with us. Um, he felt bad for me, so he gave me my first beer there. I drank it right in front of him, and it was discount. Um, because, you know, once again, alcohol culture is very different in Europe in general. And uh, in Portugal, it's just what you do. Now, in, in Portugal as well, where I was, uh, which would have been Lisbon, the capital, um, life is very different. There's a lot of people in this very small but well-connected town that all know who the scammers are and the drug dealers are. It's very common for Portuguese people to complain, especially about the drug dealers. So if you ask a Portuguese person to be honest about how they're feeling today, they will give you a monologue, is what I learned from an actual Portuguese woman who did our, our tour named Vitoria. Um, and her friend Paige followed up by saying the exact same thing. You will get a monologue. Which, you know, I was fine with. She was this spunky history major. Like I said before, pretty much every tour director was a history major over there. Um, and we had a good time and we talked a lot together. I met this girl named Joanna, who I'm still loose friends with to this day, who's from France. Um, and you know, another one that got away, but I digress. Then there was a man from Israel named Zvika. And there was a girl named Charlotte from, I think, Hamburg, Germany, or maybe it was Cologne. It was somewhere in North Germany. Um, and we all met on the walking tour that we went on that morning that was run for free through the, the Lost Inn Hostel, which is uh, where we were, was this hostel. Um, but, you know, I didn't have the best night's sleep because I was obviously hungry. I didn't eat anything since I left Manuel's side in Sevilla. And this would have been around, like, what, 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon um, when we last ate. And then he dropped me at the airport or, or a little bit a little bit later. Um, I think one of his family friends or maybe even himself did. So I was very hungry. Well, in Lisbon, Portugal, restaurants are usually open until, like, 3 in the morning. Because once again, in Spain and Portugal, you go and you sit down and 
you go up to the front or you wave down the waitress or waiter when you're ready to leave. Otherwise, they don't, they don't bother you. You sit down and you enjoy a meal and enjoying that meal and chatting and vibing with your friends normally, traditionally can last like three hours. So if you typically don't eat until 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night in that culture anyhow, and then you sit there for three hours, unexpected, well, expectedly, it's going to be 2 a.m. until you're ready to leave. Well, this restaurant that I went to right around the corner, I had two beers and a vegetarian hot dog sandwich and a bagel and like a crueler donut. And that filled me up until breakfast the next morning. Uh, and that maybe cost me seven euros total. So, yeah, things are very, very cheap in Portugal. Like my taxi ride to the airport after I was done in Portugal, I think I might have spent two euros. And it was a half hour taxi ride. Um, when I took the bus to get to the other far end of town to get to see the monastery in Geronimo and to see uh, the art district and to see ancient Belaim so I could actually have real pastiche de Belaim, which are their... Um, milk scone slash pastry things a good pastiche de belaim should never be more than 70 cents theirs was 70 cents and they were regarded as the best pastiche in all of portugal that i went to so it was maybe one euro there one euro back very cheap travel 70 euro cents so maybe one dollar for two really nice little pastries and you also can tell the quality of an establishment based on their coffee. Because in Portugal, the cheaper the coffee is, the more authentic they're being with you. The, because the range that you should pay for a shot of espresso when you drink just your espresso macchiato, you shouldn't be paying more than, once again, around 70 cents, if that. Otherwise, you're getting ripped off if it's above a dollar. And if it's below 40 cents, you're getting ripped off because it's not good quality. So there's a good pride for good quality for cheap price in Portugal, which is another reason why when I went to Sintra for the day, uh, the next day, I, I ate and saw as much as I possibly could just because like they had a deep respect for good quality and making you feel welcome. I got to tour this massive botanical garden and the tickets to get in were like, five euro which it'd probably be like 15 euro anywhere else in europe for the same damn thing all in all i might have spent eight euros a night for the hostel and it was one of the best hostels I ever stayed in there was a little loft where you could have books and coffee coffee was free on the house at all points in time breakfast was free as well lunch and dinner somebody was always making something there and you could have some spare it was just how hostels work in most of Europe is you cook for and clean and help each other just because why not? You're there for the same reason. You're there to get a cultural experience. You're not there to spend money. You're not there to blow money. You're not even there to make false friendships. The people you meet in hostels, you will remember for years to come. And the things that I did for people in hostels, you know, I took several people I just met a day prior on walking tours of things that I had seen the previous day. I did it in Cyprus, I did it in Greece, I did it in Bratislava, I did it here in Portugal as well. And we just palled around together. Why? Because we were all just 
decent human beings on the same wavelength. So this is where I really learned, and my biggest lessons from Portugal were that you find like-minded individuals when you go to a hostel, and you find people who you will remember and call friend in some capacity or another for the rest of your life. You might not speak every day, you might not even speak every year, but you'll reach out every now and again and say, I remember you, you're that dude that I met. You're that guy that I went around with. How awesome is that? And yeah, like I said, it's not common practice that you keep in contact every single day, even if you are the best of friends, but still. I mean, to this day, Svika and Charlotte are friends with me on Facebook and we maintain very good contact. And so that was the first series of pictures taken of me in which I was just genuinely happy for the first time since that heartbreak with that girl. I was finally in a place that I was meant to be in life. There were no unwanted expectations or anything like that. I was just there and enjoying the moment and seeing all of Lisbon in a day, looking at the towers that you can walk up to take the rail cards that traverse down this small alleyway. And that's where one of the most famous postcard pictures comes from in Portugal is that small alleyway cart you can take for like two euro. And you can do it for free if you have a student ID. I didn't have enough time to, so I didn't, but still, like, they really know how to take care of people there. And of course, experiencing Fado music. Fado is a group of people that are not very trained musicians, but are still very skilled musicians. And they create this music that is never the same ever again. So we went and we had cocktails and we had dinner at this little bar where we were told had some of the best fado in town. And it was this woman who was singing as this guy was playing a gourd as a drum and this man was playing a bazooki and another guy was playing a tar which is like a little drum and another guy was playing like a little harmonica accordion thinger um, that was specific to Lisbon specifically I think actually and we just sat and closed our eyes and listened we had a buffet together for lunch we we palled around together the entire time and for that day for the first time Since I had started school, literally nothing else mattered. Nothing else mattered. I was happy. The last time I remembered being this happy was when I was on my trip to the monastery where I lived peacefully in Pocklington and I cooked and cleaned alongside my brothers and sisters from all walks of life here in this monastery in the middle of York, United Kingdom. But this time something was different. I, I didn't need to sit down and just do nothing to be happy this time. I was just happy. I was content. I was infinite in this moment. And it's something I'll never forget. So the Lost in Lisbon Hostel is one I would definitely recommend. It's centrally located in a good part of town. Always avoid people trying to sell you spices and oregano as weed slash hashish. Always avoid people trying to sell you powdered sugar as cocaine or angel dust. Yeah, it, it, it does happen. Um, and it's very sketchy and creepy, actually. But 
Portugal, otherwise, very safe place, very lovely place. People are genuinely there to help you out. I actually helped a completely random person buy a ticket because they couldn't figure out how to work the ticket machine. He was a random French tourist, and I said, hey, I just had this problem like 20 minutes ago when I, you know, bought my first my first ticket. Let me help you, and I paid it forward. And I was able to just let go and enjoy the people that I met there from Finland and Sweden and and from Spain and from Israel and from Germany. And we were all there for the same reason, to have a cultural experience. So, once again, there, there really isn't a whole lot of places that I wouldn't recommend. Uh, we're about to get to them, but there's still not a whole lot of places I wouldn't recommend you check out. Um, everywhere is beautiful. Everything is beautiful in Europe for its own perspective reason so definitely go and check it out when you get the chance and i leave it at that when was the last time you were able to let go and just be genuinely happy when were you last able to be authentically you when was the last time you were able to break away and just take some time to yourself i'm looking forward to hearing back from you soon and to this i add my beautiful silence